Father, through your son you tell us not to worry about life. Uh, it's obviously easy to say that, <laughs> but I guess we find it hard to do. Uh, Lord, you also tell us to trust you with our whole heart. Uh, once again, it's easy to say, but I guess we all find it hard to do. Please help us, therefore, by the power of your Holy Spirit, by convicting us of the things we might not trust you in, and then enabling us to live a life that trusts you with our whole heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, friends, I, I thought we would do something a little different leading up to Easter. And so you know, we've, uh, we have planned and also booked here uh, to have a 9am Good Friday service on the 7th of April and also a 9am service on Easter Sunday, the 9th of April. God willing, we shall see. Uh, in saying that, I must be getting old. <laughs> no jokes, please. I know I am. Uh, but time certainly flies. We're now in the year 2023. <laughs> and it's March already. <laughs> and Easter down the track. Wow. Anyway, over the next... Five weeks, as Craig said, leading up to Easter, we're doing a series on Proverbs chapter 3. And I've called this series, What is Wise and How to, Therefore, Grow in Wisdom. And there is much, yes, much in Proverbs all about wisdom. And these sayings as such cover most, perhaps all, areas of life. It's a good book to read, the book called Proverbs and why not read it all in 2023? You know, in the end, there are two forms. Compare James 3, 13 to 18, our New Testament reading today, of what we might call wisdom. And the differences between the two are becoming very, very, very obvious to even a mug like me, perhaps like you. The two types of wisdom are fairly obvious today and they are the world's and God's. Yes, the world's or God's. So, what's it going to be? That's the question. What is it going to be? Are we going to live our lives according to what the world now says is okay? And yes, worldly wisdom is ever, ever changing. Or are we going to live our lives according to what God says? And he doesn't change, Malachi 3.6. No wonder he is also called the rock, Psalm 18.2. And the foundation, of, of the foundation stone, I should say, of Jesus' church is not just called a cornerstone, but it's also called a rock, 1 Peter 2.8. Yes, he, the Lord, doesn't change. So there are two wisdoms available for us today, worldly, and it's ever-changing, and godly, and he never changes. Now before we quickly say, uh, yeah, but I'm a follower of Jesus and I've chosen God's way and live according to his unchanging word, uh, it's all a done deal. I put it to all of us today, including myself, have we? Yes, we might now be a follower of Jesus, I hope we all are, <laughs> but are we now living according to God? 
As I said last week, we can change in an instant and become a child of God, a follower of Jesus, in a twinkling of an eye. But it usually takes a lifetime to transform from one's life from wanting to please self to now pleasing God, and especially in our society today. And I'm guessing we're all at different parts of that journey. But on certain issues, we might be a little stuck at the same place as others. And especially so, as I said, when the society in which we live attractively says something quite different to God. And so it's my hope and prayer that we, together, move on. (laughs) Get out of that bog we might be in that is transform our lives to what, according to what God has always, always said. Yes, we need to realise that the society in which we live might have permeated us, and so this short five-week sermon series might reveal some blind spots that he will enable us to now address. Well, today's sermon is called Always Trust. And so it is easy (laughs) not. (laughs) Do you always trust the Lord? (laughs) Do you? Uh, Do I? Yes, today's sermon might even identify an idol that we have. And I don't necessarily mean a wooden statue thing. Yes, this sermon series might reveal one of our blind spots a blind spot that we naturally prefer to remain in the dark. But he is light and he wants to shine in us. He, after all, made us to reflect him. Yes, we have been made in his image and so as he is light, we need to reflect his light, not remain in darkness. Anyway. Proverbs 3.5 says, and it's our focus for today, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Now, besides being part of one of my favourite Bible verses, maybe it's yours, and besides being part of the name for one of our essential ministries, 357 Prayer Ministry, which meets on a Tuesday morning at 6.30am, are you all welcome as a personal invite? <laughs> Our place. It's a verse that we need to keep coming back to. It pretty much sums up what the life of a follower of Jesus should be like. Just as we trust in Jesus for our salvation and therefore the forgiveness and eternal life he offers, so too do we trust the Lord full stop. Hence, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. That is, we don't just trust him for our salvation, we also trust him for our, as many people say, sanctification. This journey from pleasing self to pleasing God. Uh, I like Warren Wiesby's definition of trust. Do you know who Warren Wiesby is? Some, there's some yeses and some noes. <laughs> Warren Wiesby, 
uh, he died, uh, went to sleep <laughs> uh, four years ago. Uh, he was uh, an American pastor and author of many Christian books. Uh, he also wrote commentaries on just about every book of the Bible. Yes, a mega brain. <laughs> he said that the word translated trust in this verse means this, and I wrote it down. I think it will be on the screen. To lie helpless face down. Or it pictures a servant waiting for the master's command in readiness to obey. Or a defeated soldier yielding himself to the conquering general. End of quote. My definition, <laughs> total surrender to the one who knows best. The danger, therefore, is that we lean on our own understanding and not on God's will and therefore choose foolishly. I found that in life, uh, and I'm speaking firsthand here, we can believe in God. Uh, we sang a song all about that, I believe. <laughs> I found that in life we can believe in God, that is, believe in Jesus, yet still trust something else for real significance and happiness. Therefore, one's own understanding. And when we rely on something else for real significance and happiness, it can, yes, it can, become one's real God, one's idol. Have you ever found yourself trusting in something else for happiness? I think it's fair to say that we usually tend to hide this from ourselves even. <laughs> and therefore it's not until something goes wrong in our life that it is more exposed. Do you know what I mean? For example, it's not until something goes wrong with, say, your career that you realise it could be one of those blind spots. For example, it's not until something goes wrong in your family uh, that you realise it might be more important than the Lord himself. And what has this got to do with wisdom? Answer? Absolutely everything. <laughs> There are usually greater emotions surrounding things you make the functional trust of your heart. I'll repeat that as it's a mouthful, <laughs> yet a good mouthful. There are usually greater emotions surrounding things to make, that you make the functional trust of your heart. For example, uh, your career. For example, your wealth. For example, your spouse. For example, your children. I'd add to that, grandchildren. <laughs> For example, a romantic relationship. For example, your earthly life. Do any of these things or these people stir up in you a greater emotion than the Lord himself? Your career, your wealth, your spouse, 
your children, your romantic relationship, your earthly life, you, your, you, me. <laughs> and what might the signs be? Well, I suppose you might be inordinately shaken. You might become very anxious. You might become quite angry. You might become unnecessarily despondent. You might have been surprised at how you feel. And why? Because this thing, your career, your wealth, your spouse, your children, a romantic relationship, your earthly life, whatever it might be, has just been threatened. It says a lot for those of us thinking about retirement. <laughs> it might have become an idol and the light of God's word and his spirit has just revealed it rather than a trust in the Lord with all your heart. And in the end, such a response can cloud your judgment, it can distort your vision of yourself, it can distort your vision of the world. And all of a sudden, your career becomes more than just a career. All of a sudden, your wealth becomes yours. Don't you dare touch it. Your family comes first. Or talking about romantic relationships, you end up convincing yourself that you're going to marry this person even though they don't follow Jesus. Lastly, one tries to hang on to this earthly life no matter what your family, your loving family, might say. No matter what the health professionals might say. Yes, in the end... Worldly wisdom can cloud your judgment and can distort your vision of yourself and it can distort your vision of the world. I'll finish with a personal example and therefore how this verse has helped me, well, helped my whole family actually. It was when we applied uh, to go to more theological college. You see, uh, some of you might know this story, Apologies. But anyway, you see, Sue didn't want to move from Ulladulla on the south coast of New South Wales. I did run this by Sue. <laughs> Sue didn't want to move from Ulladulla on the south coast of New South Wales to go to Newtown for at least three years in the centre of Sydney where Moore College is. So when we went for the interview, it was a three-hour drive from our home, uh, we had mixed thoughts. I wanted to pursue this, but Sue was very hesitant. Our sons were two. Yes, Scott, you were two. <laughs> Five and seven at the time. And having a 15-acre farm as one neighbour, we did. Uh, the boys made lots of money out of selling cow pats. <laughs> Having a 15-acre farm as one neighbour and a creek for another boundary in Ulladulla <laughs> didn't fare that well to the possibility of a 13-foot wide terraced home in Newtown <laughs> where you share the walls with your neighbour. <laughs> uh, here is a picture of what we ended up living in for three years. I only took this photo two weeks back as I was just near there at a GAFCON meeting in Sydney. And it looks a lot wider than it actually is. 
And so way back then, uh, we were interviewed by Peter Jensen. Uh, it was the year 1993. Yes, one has to apply to more theological college. You, you cannot just go there. They discern God's calling on your life and say yes or no. And if they say yes, you have to also live on site. Yes, we were interviewed by him and told that there isn't, yes, isn't, any suitable accommodation for us the following year. I think Sue was very happy for the drive home. <laughs> I thought, oh well, that's the end of the story. Anyway, later on that year, uh, we received a phone call out of the blue from someone offering their home to us in Newtown for the next three years. Uh, they were in a similar predicament to us but had a fair bit of money and so bought a home to live in whilst at Moore Theological College. That home. And as it turned out, they also got a new job as an assistant pastor in, that's right, Aldadulla. <laughs> and also needed a house there. So we basically... Yeah, come on. <laughs> and so we basically did a house swap for three years. But I'm getting ahead of myself here. After letting more college know that we now had accommodation sorted, I then had to do various tests and wait for the results. And we thought they would ring us, and so we waited for that phone call. It was around this time that Sue said to me something like, Quote, if only God would put something in our letterbox saying yes or no, <laughs> end of quote. After a period of time, we came home one day and opened up the letterbox, as usual, and there was a letter from More Theological College. I think I gave it to Sue, as I thought it might be the letter she was waiting on. And it was. And Sue saw it as the letter from God that she wanted to see in our letterbox. It was an acceptance letter. Amazing stuff. And it made us think of this verse, well, two verses worth actually. And ever since, they have been our favourite Bible verses. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That was hard for both of us. And lean not on your own understanding. In our case, we couldn't do anything else. <laughs> In all your ways, submit to him. Uh, we just kept praying about it all. And he will make your path straight. <laughs> and he certainly did. I think we've also realised, looking back that perhaps our home was becoming a bit of an idol to us. After all, it was the home that we designed and built. And it was the third home we had built. Yes, that's why I look so old. <laughs> and so all the things that weren't quite right in the first two homes, <laughs> we made sure we're right in this one. <laughs> yes, trust in the Lord with all your heart. 
Last week's one, live at peace with each other. (laughs) It too is hard. We might believe in Jesus, but does our life show that we trust him completely? Or does our life, when tested, show that we have perhaps a foot in both worlds? Perhaps one in the world and one in the kingdom. Yes, there are two kinds of wisdom. May our life show that we are continually being transformed from a life-pleasing self to a life-pleasing the Lord. May our life therefore show the unchanging wisdom that comes from above. After all, that is what's wise and that is how one grows in true wisdom. Friends, when I look at Jesus, I only see someone clothed in the strength of humility. Philippians 2. I not only, I should say, I not only see someone clothed in the strength of humility, Philippians 2, but someone who also trusted in his Father with all his heart. Do you see Jesus as someone who trusted his Father with all his heart? Yes, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Craig, it makes me think about this place. (laughs) Trust in the Father, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Let's ask our Father to help us in this and let us be confident in him, knowing that he who called you is faithful and therefore he will do it. Let's pray. Father, help us to trust in you with all our heart rather than rely on our own inadequate, fallen or tempted insight. Please forgive us for the times when we've gone along with our our understanding rather than your will. Please forgive us for the times when we've given in to therefore our flesh. Yes, please help us through the power of your spirit, through the power of your word, through the circumstances of our life, to trust in you with all our heart and especially with what I've called blind spots and potential idols or bogs. (laughs) Just as we completely trust in Jesus for our salvation. In his name we pray. Amen. Thank you all. Thanks, Craig.